0: Hey everyone, this is Jesse,
1: George, and Robert.
0: And this is BitBytes, an analytical discussion about gaming. Thanks for joining us. This past week in the news was a pretty big uh, shuttering of a company, Telltale Games. So, boo. boo.
1: Tier, one tier.
0: One lonely tier. <laughs> um, I don't know about you guys, but I've only played a little bit of The Wolf Among Us, and the little bit I did play, I very much enjoyed. Even though I haven't played much of their games, I can definitely appreciate their story-driven content. Um, So this is definitely sad news to hear.
1: Yeah, I played a section of, I didn't play it in its entirety, but I played a pretty good portion of their first Walking Dead release on someone's laptop in an apartment in Washington DC at a conference when we were supposed to be doing something else. And there might've been alcohol, but I remember it being (laughs) really different than any other games I had played. And I appreciated it for, I mean, I place high value on trying to do new things as part of why I'm such a big Nintendo fan, but I did really like that game for that reason. It was very heavy on storytelling, but even in the way you interact with the game and the mechanics, it was refreshing in the way that it was new, so.
2: Yeah, I played a demo of the first episode of Tales from the Borderlands, hmm. because I had heard a lot about Telltale, but I hadn't really like played their games because one, it was different in a good way, on um, how they chose to take on like the whole adventure genre and stuff, and do like a different style than what's been done before, and I was really surprised at like how one well made it was, like production value, but the story was also that they were telling was really really cool too. Um, but being as the particular style it was is not really my particular flavor of gaming, and so I didn't really pursue it anymore.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: I think when I played at the time, I didn't have a PS4, so then once I got a PS4, I was a little late to the game, so did not cross my mind. (laughs) Literally, sorry. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's a shame, especially since there's, you know, we sort of live in a time where when it comes to movies and TV shows, like, there's those massive um, licenses and names that like really can draw a lot of people to play those types of games such as the Game of Thrones and Guardians of the Galaxy and they I think there were in talks to do a few more which we'll get to. What I found interesting about this reading a little bit on you know what people are saying about why they shut down it sort of related a bit back to our original conversation and the first two episodes. Um, about indies versus triple A's and the pros and cons. And a lot of this just screamed to me like, oh man, I could see so many of the cons of the triple A industry leaking into here. And um, I wanted to talk about that.
1: Okay, so Telltale has a reputation in the gaming space for doing things a little bit differently. They make adventure games, but they have a very heavy story focus which makes them the natural choice to do multimedia experiences. So like, you know, Batman, Game of Thrones, Minecraft, Walking Dead, these are all worlds that exist in non-video game space and film and TV and graphic novel. And then they're able to draw from those worlds and tell compelling stories in video game space.
0: An alternative to the, let's spit out a game in a year to match the release of this new movie, Sh- shitty game let's actually <laughs> give them some control over this license and spit out a compelling story that hopefully equals a movie
1: which is that's pretty ambitious
0: yeah they started small but then they made their break with the walking dead um and that was that show was definitely like i believe at the height of zeitgeist at, at that point in mm-hmm. time um yeah so showing that they could be successful with taking an existing property like that that's popular than bringing it into the game space. I think that that was their launching off point and that's great. Allowed them to make um, The Wolf Among Us, which was based on fairy tales, but I would say a piece of original content.
1: They made a big impact. They did something new and they did it well.
0: Yeah, and I think even though they're writing off of these large movie and TV licenses, they're they're taking that indie approach to it, and I'm reluctant to call it an indie company because, you know, the people that founded this company came from LucasArts. They already had their feet wet.
2: They're also a much larger company than I think most indie studios are.
0: Yeah, they sort of came in with a game plan. But uh, just because of the originality of the gameplay and... The way they tackled gameplay just differently than your typical AAAs Mm -hmm. makes me feel like it has, you know, indie influences in Mm -hmm. it. And I think its focus on the craft and telling a good story definitely rings indie to me.
1: Okay, let's go back in time. According to a combination of sources, this is kind of just a condensed version of what happened at Telltale. And this is not a saying that this did happen. This is just our best guess at it. And we're gonna make some observations based on this information. So be prepared for inconclusive data. All right. <laughs>
0: That's what you come here for. Uh, not the our, whole story. Yeah. Who wants <laughs> Part that? of our understanding of a yeah. story.
1: <laughs> so March of last year, there was a little bit of disagreement between one of the co-founders of Telltale Who's operating as CEO and their board of directors and we think he was fired Is that the consensus on that?
2: He left due to creative difference or differences. He was clashing with the board of directors. So. Yeah, we know what that means Yeah, so it's like a Steve Jobs type. Yeah, probably get the It was f- a
0: dramatic uh, departure with crashed computers and lots of yelling and lots of tables flipped. <laughs> you just don't see my vision <laughs> Don't understand yeah.
1: So he left, which is, like, the first domino? And then everything kind of chains off of that? I guess we'll find out.
0: I get the sense of, like, when you have a creative lead that was there from the founding that has a very strong vision or idea about, you know, where these games should go, and then you just take that away. So I think you're always going to have a little bit of, like, everyone else trying to find that replacement. Um Trying to live up to that, to what just got taken away pretty, pretty abruptly. So,
1: but what do we learn about from community when you take away the person who makes the magic?
0: It sucks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think that probably had was yes the first domino. Maybe maybe it wasn't, but it was a pretty massive domino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the in this yeah. Game of things,
1: it definitely started the next couple things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an infinite branching path for all of these things, but his leaving made space for the other co-founder to take his spot for a brief stint until September of last year. They could hire a new CEO and this guy is like the foil of the founder in my mind, where he has this track record of working for a bunch of AAA giants like EA and Sony. And he was a production lead on the original Fable. So he's been in Microsoft world on some level too, I guess.
0: So would you say is more like production and less creative? Sounds like it. Sounds like more business than creative.
1: Also, side note, we all do this thing whenever we have... It's when we we think we have something in our head that's like just so worth telling someone else. We all do it. Where we go, and then we start talking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny. Is that
0: something that you hear when you're... Editing? Oh, yeah, because every oh, okay. time,
1: whenever we... I'm like, oh, here it comes. It <laughs> must be really good.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. You need to make like a like a, a real, a just a slash god of them all. Yeah, so good.
2: <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Now I'm not going to I'm be self-conscious about that and not do it.
0: I don't think I can control it. It's like, here it comes.
1: <laughs> so this guy's first move. Oh, god. <laughs> I told you. A <laughs> <laughs> couple months after... Coming on the scene, this new CEO fires 90 people in an effort to quote make Telltale more competitive as a developer and publisher. What's the guy from the Lego movie? Lord Business. Lord Business. Yes, Yes, Lord Business. So Lord (laughs) Business is on the scene and he's already firing people within several months of being there. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Let's unpack that. In an effort to make Telltale more competitive as a developer and publisher. So I don't think there was another company at I don't even think there still is that like is on the same level making similar types of games as Telltale is. So on the competitive when it comes to creative, I don't think they have to worry. I think that if a franchise wanted to create a game in this vein, they're the obvious ones to go to. That's yeah. that's the name. To me this just screams, okay, well taking that off the table it's just okay, you want to make more money.
2: Yeah. I would take that as example to the movie industry with HBO when they brought in their new CEO uh, for HBO his initial like push to the board was to push out a lot more content yeah and streaming service and all that kind of stuff which had people pretty upset about you know losing the you know cuz they're basically the the premium version of you know tv shows and you know television
0: you're not going there for quantity you're going right. for quality and, and sex and sex and, and violence it, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so you know and what this was 2017 if i remember correctly there's still there were like lots of deals on the table there was lots of like n- potential news about you know, oh, look at this next big franchise they're working with. I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy came out in the past few years, I believe. Like, oh, my gosh, that's big, right? Avengers is big. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Game of Thrones. And it's like, if you're going to keep taking on these giant projects, you need to keep these people. <laughs> like, you're just, are you just expecting the rest of the employees to spit out the same amount of work? 90 less hands on deck.
1: Yeah, but mm-hmm. there's money to be made. Yeah. God, Jesse has to make a profit. Huh? It's all about business. Capitalism. <laughs> no, you're totally right. And it does double down on the point that George made earlier, which is that they, on some level, they do have a corner of the market in a way, like within the gaming sphere. It's like, you know what you're going to get when it's a Telltale-branded game because that's what they do. Who's threatening the yeah. space that they occupy? Mm-hmm. They're just growing. It's like like you're saying you're getting all these new IPs to work with. It's like we're gonna fire people because why?
0: Yeah,
2: it's to push people. It's yeah, it's a very in my mind sleazy way of Operating Mm. sleazy. That's a good word
0: (laughs) You know that leads into Okay, you guys have to work overtime to still meet the same deadlines The same same amount of pay same amount of pay that we expected earlier I mean we're sort of just extrapolating. Yeah. We don't really know, <laughs> yeah. but you know, uh, that's what in it's, our fictitious yeah, mind of yeah. what this
2: world looks like for them.
0: But like we talked about in the original episode, crunch mode is a thing and the video game industry is known for having this to be like a norm. It's like this is the norm. If you don't like it, leave. We'll have someone else fill out your spot it punishes those that really respect the craft and want to put out good work because they're going to be there. They're going to be there working that crunch mode as long as possible. There are many shocking claims that employees worked as much as 18 hours a day for weeks on end. And I I have a friend in the game industry as well. That's very true for, for her. <laughs> it's sort of like coming from up high, like, hey, there's like certain months of crunch mode and – when you get into the year before a game's release, that's it's like constant crunch mode, and I feel like you're just going to burn out your best people.
2: And then you start your own indie development studio? <laughs>
0: yeah. The cycle renews. They go <laughs> leave, start their own indie, get popular, get purchased by AAA, get burned out. It's a horrible cycle. Mm. They start firing people, save that money, but still keep acquiring new licenses to make new games.
1: And a part of that is being in negotiation with three other game studios about funding, which is a a totally different element, but this is all happening in the same time. Early 2018, and then we're getting into September, right when things are starting to fall apart, and there's all this funding lined up, and then all of it, all of the companies that were in negotiation with Telltale pull out on the same day, and there's not... A explanation for that just yet um the following day they have an internal meeting at telltale and share with 200 human beings who work there that they are fired on the spot they'll get a paper paycheck through the end of the day no severance see ya
0: 200 i think it's 200. it says
1: 200 i think that's an approximation i think it's actually 275
2: I think it was a total of like the people that were in the studio because I think the rest of them was like a skeleton crew that remained to finish What they already had in the works.
0: If I remember correctly, I believe at the height they were up near the 500 range What we can take from this is a lot of people were fired.
1: How do they even fit <laughs> that many people in one room? That's why I want to doesn't even make sense
0: Uh stacked like bunk beds an computers. Announcement over the It was hot room. They just came <laughs> desk to desk <laughs> So, yeah that's great for morale
1: how do we respond to this as and it's weird because we're not active agents in this story Uh, doesn't directly influence us Uh, I don't want to really say that it kind of does I
0: think it hurts the game industry like what do you mean we lost a company that exclusively did this type of game i mean i'm sure someone else some other company is going to fill in that that hole but it's sad because to me it feels like one of those weird mixes we were talking about um in the first episode where like it's like that indie triple a mix of like they're getting this triple a licenses and that um that popularity and but still with a strong leaning on the craft of it and it felt like a, a Healthy mixture, and this story just screams um, failure because of management, and that's just a shame.
2: Well, I, I think it also just kind of speaks into it's like a, a snowballing cycle of studios get shut down, projects get canceled. I get it. It's like it's hard to, especially in today's economy, where the cost of making like high end games is extremely expensive and it requires a lot of manpower to make the games. And so there's a lot more risk and stuff involved and stuff like that so you feel like you have to squeeze like everything that you can out of the people that you have because you don't have all the resources in the world.
0: There was a brief mention in one of the articles I read too from one of the employees about having that feeling of, okay, we have a bunch of new games in the mix now, being a bit overloaded and we're, we wanna try new things and experiment a bit, um, try to create still a somewhat new experience, but that's sort of shoved aside in order to just spit stuff out as quickly as possible, lost some quality in favor of quantity, and it's poisoning the well. It's like you had something really creative and great and different, and if you let these creatives give them a little breathing room to keep experimenting, who knows, you could've continued instead of getting stale you could have been a company that kept spitting out really um, new things and uh, that's a shame
2: it's like a risk reward type thing mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it's finding that balance I don't know I haven't I haven't seen an example yet of a company that no Nintendo what am I saying <laughs> um, it's always Nintendo it, it's just a shame because every time... I feel like a AAA gobbles up an indie developer. I'm like, oh, no. I just get a horrible feeling because it's like, oh, no, they're going to corrupt them. Whatever originality they had is going to get lost um, in order to meet, you know, the profit requirements of the AAA company.
2: Profit requirements. Kill me now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which is it's true, though. a concern that people have right now with all of the studios that microsoft acquired mm-hmm. there have been so yeah, there have been several articles about people being concerned that oh no because they they're gonna get they're gonna send essentially kind of like you said poison the well with
1: mm-hmm. yeah but um, why microsoft has a great track record of absorbing other companies and not turning them into total <laughs> sh- <laughs> i don't know the whole story but like the rareware thing makes me want to die Because it's not like Rareware had like, oh, we have this one IP, we're really good at it, they get gobbled up, and then they just keep spitting out the same stuff. It's like, no. They did all the Donkey Kong Country stuff. They did the Banjo-Kazooie stuff. They did the Donkey Kong 64 stuff, and then they go immediately after they get gobbled up, the first thing they spit out is crap.
0: It's tough, because I'm like, yes, they have to make their money somehow, right? And a lot of these indie games that are great are often self-funded at the start and oftentimes that's a how am I going to feed myself question for these developers and that's hard so it's like yes uh I think a lot of people were like we need that funding we'd, we'd love to have that AAA funding but it, it seems to me like all of the restrictions that come along with it um hurt more than help the scenario and I think there has to be better expectations set maybe I don't know I'm just theorizing but like I don't think you're going to get the same type of returns you would, let's say, on a really well-funded movie, you know. You're just, there's like a very limited audience, and you're stuck with that audience, and the audience a lot of times is picky, and they don't want to pay 60 bucks, you know, for every new game that comes out. So, I don't know if it's just a matter of, you better set your sights lower when it comes to profits. Um, I, I don't know.
2: It's a weird line because that's kind of how it works with a lot of other entertainment industries, as well as like, you know, with filmmaking and that sort of stuff. Hollywood, it's like for like indie studios, at least like those people that are nobodies and stuff like that, is like they got their start from, you know, self funded or, you know, having to take you know, mortgages on their houses and, and that sort of stuff to fund, you know, their dreams and all that kind of stuff. Um and it's a weird line, you know, with, you know, a studio being able to balance empowering, you know, your staff and your creative staff, but then also being able to, you know, run a business.
0: I think a lot of the times what in all instances, whether AAA or indie I've seen the best games come from teams. They have this vision for their their end game. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! Yeah, and you know, even if times are tough, or maybe they're not getting paid what they want, or they're in crunch mode, you know, if everyone is really working diligently towards this goal, they spit out a really, really good game. Um, Journey. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, okay, how can, how, can man, how can we get AAA management to recognize that and recognize, hey, maybe you shouldn't overwork them and just do everything in your power to, like, stifle that love for what you're making. Um,
1: yeah, but how are they going to pay for their leasing their Lexus? <laughs> they have it, seven kids. How are they going to feed all their kids? I think it's a combination
2: <laughs> of what you're saying, but I think it's also a combination of, like, they don't know – what it takes to make these games.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's an issue too, is it's like, yes, there is the money greed thing, but then there's also kind of a disconnect from, like, oh wow, I never thought that you know you had to spend X amount of hours doing this one small task, which you would think, oh, that probably takes you know a few minutes to make.
1: Well, stop being an arrogant dick and assuming things that you don't know and get someone to do that job and fill in that space and inform you accurately. That would be a good
2: place to start. Yeah, but it goes back to the great thing of being like stubborn and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't want to
1: hire someone that can make my company run more efficiently and make better things come out of it.
0: I feel like we've hit a sore spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's true, though. Like, And this gets tougher the bigger the teams get because you need more people that do that little thing, that make that one thing. They're one tiny cog on a massive machine, so it multiplies very quickly, but... There does have to be an accurate assessment from the beginning of, like, how long is this going to take? We need realistic timelines. Hey, um, if the money, if the funding's not going to cut it or you don't think the returns are going to be that good, okay, what are some alternate revenue streams we can make from that? If That's DLC or whatever, you know. The industry's trying to figure that out right now. I thought Telltale was interesting because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of their content was released on an episode basis.
2: Mm-hmm seasons and episodes yeah,
0: yeah um i thought that's very interesting because it's like it seems like a i don't know for sure because i don't know anyone that's worked on these games but it seems to me like a don't worry you don't have to wait years and years for the content you'll get it you know multiple times a year here's it's almost like have faith that the next one will be just as good as the one we provided
2: which interesting enough uh fable 2 had a somewhat of an episodic thing too where you could buy the game in pieces. So it was interesting side note. Uh,
1: hmm.
2: How about that connection? Cuz it wasn't the the former CEO was part of the experience or no, the current CEO that's like the guy that's I think kind that of under person scrutiny. is still
1: acting CEO, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I wonder if the episodic nature <laughs> of it all um, helped or hurt telltale when it came to making a profit like did people get bored after a while or did it hype up people to buy the next episode
1: well this might be extrapolating a little bit too far but something I hear in what you're saying that I've noticed in some other spaces to be true most of the time is there's an inverse relationship between predictability and doing things well and in terms of quality especially that seems to be the sacrifice there is like if it's predictable it's predictable because there's not any risk associated with the production of this thing or there's a very it's mitigated to the level of where like there's not enough to make it be a actual creative process or product or whatever i don't know that's not like a hard and fast rule or formula or anything it's not a omen but i I've seen that to be true. So I wonder if that might be part of it, too, is like if that strategy was designed to accommodate the reality of the process. Mm-hmm. But in a from the perspective of someone who's interested in having business predictability long term, Yeah, because that sounds like that might be part of what that was.
0: It seems to me like if you're building something on a season basis or funding it on a season basis, like. Okay, well, this season's gonna have five episodes, so we're locked in for those five. But if by the fourth and fifth episode they're not selling so well, well, guess what? We didn't invest in six seasons up front. So I think that's a clever way of going about it, um, potentially. I think it only works in this type of scenario, though, where it's story based. Like, imagine trying to split The Legend of Zelda up into like four dungeon packages. Um. <laughs> Nintendo
1: would never do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt us, Nintendo. Um, yeah.
1: So there's another element of the Telltale story, which is illegal one. Mm-hmm. One of the employees did take legal action because Telltale is based in California, and it is... Totally illegal to do what they did. You can't do a mass firing without 60 day notice. It's written into their labor laws at the state level. So specifically there is, I'm not being a lawyer. I'm just citing something.
0: Oh, disclaimer. We're not lawyers.
1: No, not even. I did really bad in my law class. Um, <laughs> it's called the WARN act. And apparently one of the stipulations, that's a very technical law term. Um, you can't lay off. The majority of the staff without a 60-day warning. Mass firing, sorry. that's. But then it's like they've gotten into this like never-ending, you know, development hell table match in litigation where it's like a uh, detail da-da-da-da-da. But it's like it's pretty obvious based on how the law is written that it's designed to protect people from this exact thing that they did.
0: They should have done it in 90 people increments. I know. Oh my oh God, God. see. you should never be in management. <laughs> You're evil.
1: No, but it does, it's it's interesting to me because um, even with those laws in place, it's like they still get screwed. Mm-hmm. Or like at this point in time, they're still getting screwed. They haven't gotten severance. It's just kick out the door, no time to plan for anything. It's like I would imagine some of those people probably are married and have children. Yeah, And this is at least it's part of what they were doing to provide for them mm-hmm. so i don't know this just brings in kind of like a bigger conversation while we're on the topic of creatives in business
0: well i'm gonna make a big leap here okay those those three major deals that all of a sudden dropped out all together in the same day screams to me of like political in the background that we just won't know about like there's a reason that happened we don't know it but there's a reason and if they were keeping track as they should have of (laughs) of their accounting uh it's not like all of a sudden oh no like we didn't know this was gonna happen bye guys like this is stuff you see coming
2: potentially shady stuff
0: yeah Uh, were they relying too much on these three deals to happen and it didn't and nope we're screwed but anyway is that more on on management side for not telling people like it's is it that more like a personality or like a bad person uh scenario versus a the game industry scenario it, yeah you know like you it's it's basically faith in that that company and the people running in the company will be good people and not break the law and give you 60-day notice. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think that's not there's...
2: to say that, like, every game that gets shuttered is not getting the same, is not in the same scenario.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a weird and unfortunate example, but...
2: But I will also say that I think it's not the only one.
0: Hmm.
2: I feel like Telltale is getting a lot of the spotlight right now, but who's to say that that's not happening, you know, elsewhere?
0: Mm. Well, we brought it up before, but the game industry is very high-risk, high-reward, So it's like, if you're placing all of your chips on, you know, not even like having money in the bank and then trying to get more, it's, we don't have money in the bank and we're placing this all on these few deals. (laughs) So it's, I don't know. I don't know what their finances were like, but it's, it just screams shady and it just.
1: No, no, totally. So to both of your points, there's another case study that upholds both of the points that you're making is the development of Cuphead. It's like these two guys. This is a total indie thing, but you know you can scale it and it has some similarities. But basically the takeaway from that is they went into this thing, they planned as best they could, and it still ended up being so far out of scope. And it could be a thing where like they weren't pros. But even with the best of intentions, doing everything you can of your own volition to make this thing happen and to be affordable it's like i think they had to take loans out on their houses to eventually finish it
0: or if they were under being funded by triple a company they'd probably be like oh no we're not why would we dump more money into this that's you know the risk is too high and then it would shut down the industry only works well the reason triple a's are even a thing is because they have other revenue streams (laughs) that can support taking those massive risks so that's that's why AAAs are a thing um, and indies are a thing and why it's hard to find middle ground. That was our conclusion in the first episode.
1: <laughs> well, and it's a... This kind of sucks because it does kind of prove a lot of points that we were talking about earlier, but not in a good way. Like, I don't want this stuff to be true. It yeah. sucks. Like, the actual tangible outcome of this at the end of the day, like, that is super depressing for me because it's a... It's something coming true that I highly suspected, and that I have been afraid of for myself. I don't know. It's really disheartening.
0: On like a scale like this, such a big scale.
2: Yeah. And yeah. well, it's tricky too, because it's like you don't want to support that stuff, but you want to buy the game so that the you know people that made it can get paid. Yeah. But it's like, what can we do as the people? I mean, I guess, like, what, you know, we're doing now is, like, you know, discussing and bringing it, you know,
0: to the front. Video game labor union. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. A federal level?
0: Uh, Essentially, yeah. This isn't abnormal, necessarily. Like, the working conditions that these people described were not abnormal. It's accepted. And uh, they're going to keep squeezing every penny they can out at (laughs) any Yeah, I mean, not in money, just every hour of the, these developers' lives.
1: <laughs> well, so tell me what you think about this on that note. It is like mid-19th century when people are all working in factories with like crap on the floor and working conditions are terrible. They're over being overworked and there's children next to them. It's like, okay, we got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. But because the labor that they're doing is physical, they can draft up these labor laws that are very explicit. They're very literal. And they're like, women and children, you can't treat them the same because of these things. And you can't have like dead stuff in the same place where people are working because that's bad for them. There's this thing called disease and whatever. So they set up all this stuff. And yeah, it gets modified over time, but it's like now it's weird to talk about it, but like in the scope of the entire history of everything that we're aware of, computers happened yesterday and everybody goes to work and sits on their ass at a computer all day. That's a huge overstatement. Most people go and sit on a computer all day. So it's like, oh, well, it's like, that's not very physically taxing to sit down in the air conditioning and type and click makes it more difficult to make a strong case about these specific kind of like, cause we do the same creative stuff. Like we go out in the field, but Jesse, you spend most of your day doing this, yeah?
0: Mm-hmm. And to top it off, the people that we're talking about, and the creative, creatives, tend to enjoy what they do. Like they went into, they they like making games, they like animating, whatever. So that's abused because it's not even like, you know, they have labor laws for these labor jobs, these manual labor jobs. I bet most of these people are like, I love doing, being on this assembly line all day. That's what I want to do. That's why I'm here. <laughs> no that's a <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> where it's like you know indie companies are a thing because they like games so much that they start their own companies and take mortgages out on their own homes and um to make <laughs> it happen so it's they're abusing creative love for what they do because they know you know they'll have a much their breaking point is a lot further down the road um it'll take a lot to get them to stop and like hey there's always someone else that loves games that in this very small industry that would love to take your spot Mm -hmm. yeah so i think important steps that this industry could take is you know proper labor unions i think us as consumers need to purchase the games we like we have to think of ways that we can support the people creating the stuff we love
1: yeah agreed
2: yeah I Don't know if there is like a per se solution now, but I think it's like we're you know People are thinking about it and considering you know, what is? The way or at least from what I know it's like I don't really know of a way like to invest in a developer other than like buying their games Or to support the people that are making the games other than you know buying their games and then you know speaking out, you know in the little space that I have say hey this is not okay you know and even you know people that you know publish articles and stuff like that are you know saying that stuff now you know too. now it's in hindsight of what you know has happened with telltale my hope is that it doesn't just like stop here that people are starting to see you know what's happening with the toxicity of the gaming world and the gaming industry but I'll also raise a point too. It's just like it's not just happening with the gaming industry. You can take any sort of mass media hierarchy. You've got the same problems happening. Anime is kind of a similar scenario to gaming in where things get cancelled or get closed down, you know, pretty abruptly or quickly and stuff like that. And there's this kind of constant change and flux based on popularity and all that kind of stuff. And it's a thing where you're paid Very little for the stuff that you do, and you're expected to work, you know, six ish days a week, you know, over 10 hours. And it's like, you know,
0: anime and games, both I think, are industries that you have an extremely high amount of investment in hours, like work hours on the front end, like animation, like frame by frame. It's crazy, like the amount of work you have to put in. Um, same with games I, I'd say the same with movies too but if you do a direct side by side comparison you're not drawing out every frame of that movie you go you invest in the film cruise and you know you need a giant cruise for, for well shot things but yeah even that I would say I would say that's easier <laughs> um, than something that's hand animated or requires the amount of development time that games do
2: there's definitely something to be said about stuff that has to process through computers and stuff like that based on how the world works and how systems work right now. is like it's very time consuming.
1: Yeah. As opposed to music, which is just like yeah. so easy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, don't you just sit down and just spit something out on paper? Yeah, you
1: just show up, you play a couple things. It's like, oh, there's an album.
0: Well, then you also have to think, too, the amount of money people are willing to pay for mm-hmm. the end product. Like... How easy it is to stream anime for free without buying those DVDs after the fact. Uh, Movies a hell of a lot cheaper than a game is when it comes out. I personally know I'm gonna get a lot more playtime out of a game and that the $60 is I'm getting a really good bang for my buck if I'm getting the right game than I would a movie but majority I, I think a lot of people aren't willing to invest in a console and then a $60 game every time it comes out and however many controllers and so on and so forth. Um, it's easier to make a family night and of going to the movies. And
2: well, it's been around longer too.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough.
2: Very tough. Mm-hmm. All of that to say that people aren't ignoring it, but it will get to a point where it's just like, okay, yeah, things have to change. My hope is though that... This pushes people to see what's really going on out there under the hood.
0: Production managers, if you're listening, listen to your creatives. Appreciate your creatives. Nourish them. They will bring you money.
2: They're the unsung heroes.
0: <laughs> if, you let, if you let them be. If any of you all have opinions or magical solutions to this scenario, let us know. We're interested.
2: Well, that's all the time we have for this week.
0: See you next time.